Thank you for calling Gay Wire. Your call is very important to us. Press 1 for fourth wave feminism. Press 2 for a strangely in-depth discussion about where the worms have gone. Press 3 for... You have chosen option 3. Please stay on the line. Hey there, I'm Bethany Godreau, and my pronouns are she, her. And I'm Alex Sheru, and my pronouns are they, them. And you've reached Gaywire, where everything's at least a little bit queer. From CGSR 88.5 FM in so-called Edmonton, located on Treaty 6 territory. And our story for the week is brought to you by our very own Caden Peasley, who clearly has her head in the gutter because she's talking about the Not Enough Fest, a festival in Edmonton from 2015 and 2016, with a focus on bringing women and LGBTQ plus people into the music scene. Being interviewed today is musician Holly Pickering, or Sodium Light, who participated in the first festival, as well as Nicola Inman, who was an organizer and participant in the same festival. Both of them speak on social justice within the music community and how we can come together to become more inclusive. Without further ado, here's Caden. So my name is Holly Pickering. Um, I go by Sodium Light and my pronouns are she or they. How are you today? Hi, I'm good, how are you? Uh, I'm pretty good. Yeah, no complaints here. What was your personal experience at uh, the Not Enough Fest? Yeah, I had a really great time at Not Enough Fest. Um, I so they I I met my band um, through a Not Enough Fest like meet your band mixer. Um, so I went by myself. I didn't know anyone at that mixer, and I just met some people who I actually did happen to click with, which is great. Um, and so we formed a band and um, practiced and had all the support from the organizers in the festival. And yeah, the festival itself was really great. I really liked playing. It was a really helpful challenge, I think, for all of us to, yeah, to challenge ourselves to get ready for something like that. Um, I think sometimes it helps to have like an outside structure to make you do the thing and, you know get it done so yeah I had a really great time I, I had a very positive experience um it was awesome I really liked it <laughs> yeah that sounds great that's like all you could really ask for right totally yeah what is your opinion on the um uh angle for the festival to only have women trans and queer people in it yeah I've heard those criticisms um I I think it's with anything. Um, those criticisms are generally not coming from people who are part of an oppressed group. Um, those criticisms are generally coming from men who are used to taking up all the space all the time. Um, and I, at least personally, just, they clearly don't get it. And I, I don't think that one festival where men are excluded is like, even close to the world. And I think it is actually extremely necessary. Um, I have never felt welcome um, to play in other festivals. I have often felt that it is heavily kind of cis white male dominated. Um, 
And yeah, there's a lot of sexism. There's a lot of homophobia that happens in those scenes. And I've seen that and I've been privy to that myself. So I think it's a really good thing. And I think those criticisms um, willfully, willfully or not just aren't, they don't really get it. <laughs> so I, I don't pay a lot of attention to those criticisms really. I don't think it's really even relevant. It's like par for the course. Of course, we're going to get those criticisms. That's how the world is set up, you know? Do you th- what do you think uh, the Edmonton music scenes could do to be more inclusive to women and queer and trans people? Well, <laughs> I'm, pa- I'm pausing because it's uh, an answer that I think a lot of people won't like. Um, I... I would love to see um, people, venues, promoters, bands, everyone involved. I would love to see them putting their foot down about abuse. There are a lot of really abusive men out there in the scene. Um, and, and some non-men too, you know, like there, but there is just a lot of, um, a lot of people who shouldn't be tolerated in my opinion and there are a variety of ways of not tolerating it doesn't necessarily mean banning um there are lots of alternative justice frameworks um for dealing with abuse in communities such as the first one that comes to mind that i'm most interested in is transformative justice um but yeah it's it makes it a really unsafe atmosphere for women trans queer people to be going out to be playing shows to even be in the audience um i know lots of people myself included, that don't really go, well, obviously the pandemic now, but even before the pandemic, I kind of stopped going to things because I just didn't want to be around people that I know um, were abusive or had um, done a lot of harm. Um, And by and large, these people that, you know, generally men who do these things, it's not like other people don't know. These, These are, these are, you know, people talk and a lot of a lot of it just people just tolerate it, I guess, or I don't know, promoters just keep booking the same people who are kind of awful um, or have been awful to people. And that, that is the main thing that I would say. And that, I think that's a start, you know, like that's, that's the start to say, Hey, we want to make things better. And here's how we're going to do this. Like, that's like the minimum, you know? Um, but so far we're not even doing that so (laughs) but it's it's a it's a thing that people don't like to to talk about um and it's a thing that people don't want to acknowledge so I I love men I love masculinity in general it's not a man-hating thing but it's uh yeah there's a lot of there's a lot of really messed up behavior that goes around on out there and um you know it's the behavior and it's the the mindset and it's not the person and that's that's what I you know when I say transformative justice, it's about um, basically kind of working with people who have caused harm uh, instead of just shunning them or whatever. Because you know you sh- even even if you were to just shun someone from a community, then they just go and do the harm somewhere else. You make it someone else's problem, which doesn't solve anything at all, right? You just someone else gets harmed, so that does, that's not a solution. So anyway, I don't know if that's. <laughs> Yeah, and I mean, it is a little more complicated than that because, you know, say there's there's someone who's harmed someone else. Um, you always want to put the survivor in the center and, and honor what they want, right? So sometimes I do think saying, hey, you can't come to these shows anymore is warranted. But I do also think that um, it needs to be an ongoing discussion. And obviously, transformative justice is a lot more complicated um, 
than what I'm saying here and now. And I'm also not an expert in it. Um, I'm still just learning about it as well. But I think that's the thing is to be, you know, involved in any sort of community of any kind, whether it's arts or whatever. Um, I think we need to be having these conversations about how we can cause the least harm or how we can prevent harm from being caused in the future. And that involves also taking care of perpetrators um, where, where we can and where people have capacity for it. Because punitive, you know, stuff, we, we know for a fact it doesn't work. Um, so it's complicated though. <laughs> and I won't pretend that I am wonderful at, uh, at it. <laughs> yeah, you know, very nuanced stuff, uh, yeah. Sure. Um, I should have asked this earlier, um, but is there anything that you think other festivals, particularly in Edmonton, should adopt from the Not Enough Fest? It was quite a while ago, so I'm trying to. I'm just trying to remember um, individual things that they did that was really great. Um, one thing that comes to mind is Not Enough Fest had a childcare area. So they were, they were not only inclusive to queer trans women and women, um, trans folks and women, but they were also very cognizant of people who have kids because also guess who normally, or a lot of the time has to take care of the kids, right? It's women. Um, and so they were very conscious of wanting to and creating, actively creating a space where women could bring their kids, their kids would be taken care of by someone who was there all the time and, you know, their activities to do and snacks and stuff. Um, and so, you know, women could actually participate. And so it's not, it's not only just about, you know, queer folks and, and women, but it's about the whole, the whole system. Um, and accessibility goes along with that, right? Like checking out the building beforehand saying, hey, the doors are this wide, there's a step you know, the bathrooms are accessible or not, there are stairs, all those types of physical things. And then also things for, you know, folks, for example, who have epilepsy, there will be flashing lights. There is, I mean, for music, it's a little harder in terms of closed captioning, <laughs> obviously. But, um, you know, folks, folks who are deaf, so maybe have someone who is signing or, you know, that kind of stuff. So um, accessibility is huge. And they were really, um, they really made a good effort and did, I think, a generally very good job about that. Yeah, I wish there was more. Uh, ch that ch child care is an amazing idea. That's yeah, absolutely. Wow, why isn't everybody well, right? Do that? And like, think. I mean, I'm I'm 29, and so I'm starting to get into the age where friends are having kids, and or you know, at least acquaintances are having kids, and they disappear. They disappear from nightlife because they got they got kids to take care of, and who can afford a babysitter all the time, right? Occasionally, sure, but. Yeah. Uh, thank you so much. Yeah, thanks uh, for contacting me. It's cool. It's nice. My name is Nicola, and my pronouns are she, her. Today. I'm great. How about you? I'm doing pretty good. Uh, and then, uh, what was your experience at uh, the Not Enough Fest? Um, so the I would say like the organizing was 
us a lot of work, um, but also super, super fun. Like it gave me a chance, I think really through and through Not Enough Fest, like gave me a chance to kind of um, get connected with other queers in the community personally and um, also just strengthen friendships with uh, like or strengthen existing friendships that I had and so it meant like a lot of meeting new people um, working with new people and kind of building the community I would say and then also like the experience of being in a band Um, so that gave me um, the experience of learning how to play an instrument what being in a band was like, like what it involved, renting a jam space, how long it takes to get good at an instrument, um, and also trying to find, agreeing on like a cohesive sound with your band members. So all of that was um, pretty interesting. (laughs) And uh, what did you think of the uh, angle for the all women, trans and queer uh, that the festival went for? I was 100% on board with that. So I think because I come from, or my personal experience is, or I identify as a a woman and queer. So it really kind of is something that I had been searching for personally. Um, And I believe that all of those um, marginalized individuals need more space um, in the music community. So it was kind of um, the perfect, or I shouldn't say the perfect, but it was kind of um, the the groups of marginalized individuals that I personally wanted to see having the uh, option of becoming more involved in the music community. Because up until that point, I felt like um, it was like either hard to access it or there was a lot of barriers. Like uh, uh, another thing I should mention is like a huge part of Not Enough Fest was just removing as many barriers as we could for individuals to access the music community and be a musician. And there's quite a lot. So, yeah. Uh, Yeah, could you, uh, like what are some of those barriers in uh, separating people? Yeah, so um, where do I start? I would say that um, accessibility is the first one that comes to mind because it's overlooked quite often. Um, So in terms of venue spaces, uh, physical accessibility is an issue. Often there's stairs and there's um, no no, uh, existence of gender neutral washrooms. Um, And so, Uh, Another one would also be just um, resources. So the ability to uh, get your hands on some instruments and equipment, like music equipment can be quite expensive depending what it is that you want to play. And then um, other barriers are just like harassment and discrimination. So um, trying to achieve that safer space by creating a pretty strict guideline on if you're going to enter this space, like for example, specifically, if you're coming to Not Enough Fest, um, if you're entering this space, then um, the first thing that we ask is all of the people are going to read our list of 
um, expectations, I'm going to say, or norms. And they are, by entering the space, they're agreeing to those norms. And if any of those things are violated, they will be asked to leave or there will be some kind of um, follow-up or engagement around those behaviors in order to say, okay, we're going to have to have a conversation about this because this is something that doesn't work, but like, let's work to find out a way to not have this happen again and hopefully come to like a better understanding of what went wrong. How can we prevent this next time? Um, there was another thing that came to mind. Um, in terms of safer, oh, um, also a barrier is not having um, a space where there's alcohol because that's an, uh, another accessibility issue. So a lot of shows um, involve or have a bar. A bar is accessible and drinking is accessible and it's actually very common, I think, very common practice. And so we kind of struggled with, you know, are we going to have alcohol there or not? And eventually decided that to have a more accessible space that that we would leave that part of it out um, and I think that was a good choice yeah we, we're trying to be very careful about language and just like the education component of it like really educating everybody that was involved because not everybody really um, has the opportunity to learn about um, discrimination and barriers and all of those things like it's such a privilege to know um, more about those topics and so we tried to come at it from our perspective of not assuming that everybody starts from the same place and we know that we have a lot of privilege um, knowing more about those things and so that education I think was really a key component. Yeah sounds like a key component I think uh, you know working with people to you know make them be better people is better than just kicking them to the curb and saying, don't come back. Absolutely. Like, I think, um, you know, for a while that was kind of the rhetoric around, uh, let's say, call out culture, you know, where if someone did something bad, we said, you're a bad person. You can't exist in this space anymore. And, um, sometimes that's necessary there's like a certain level of violence and that is like unacceptable no matter what um and you don't have to apologize for saying like you know this won't be tolerated um but i think we really like changed the like narrative around dealing with um oppression I would say maybe oppression privilege all of those things like not personally us like as not enough best but like the growing conversation in our communities um, and society is that coming at it from a place of understanding is more likely to change people's behaviors in a positive way because no one wants to be yelled at and some people don't know they're making a mistake and it's easy for us to say like, how could they possibly think that way or do that? But uh, there's a lot of people that just have had no exposure to queer and trans communities. They don't understand or they're not aware of the language. Um, they're not aware of gender um, pronouns, dysphoria. Like there's just so much that because they don't experience it, they have never engaged with it or um, 
kind of even had a conversation or talked about it. So those things are changing quite a bit. Yeah. Um, do you think it's fair to say that, you know, Edmonton or like anywhere else could probably use a festival like the Not Enough Festival? Yeah, I mean, I think most places are still in um, a time when there is so many barriers that we face. And, you know, as long as we're still having International Women's Day and Black History Month, you know, like those are all reflections that we have a special or like Trans Day of Remembrance. We have a special day for like these marginalized groups and individuals because we're still at such a level of inequality. So in my mind, like, until we don't have days like that, which it's kind of hard to imagine when that's going to be, but it's, it's getting better. Um, so I think that most cities, especially like, I mean, Edmonton, you know, it's, uh, it's pretty conservative. Um, and I think there are more liberal cities, but we're like not too bad in the kind of like grand scheme of things so I think like there is a lot of places that could really really use that especially like you know smaller cities um, that don't have a lot of exposure to um, queer and trans communities and politics Um, and then even big cities that are really big or really like liberal and kind of you know have have a lot more or like larger queer communities or larger um, communities, they still have the same kind of problems, I think. And, and people from each of those communities, you know, they go to shows, they go to whatever other spaces outside their own bubbles. And then that's kind of when the problems arise. It's just like the general public doesn't always have that understanding so when those events take place it raises a lot of conversation you know it ends up in the paper and then people start talking about like well why do we need this and that's great it's a great conversation starter i think i think that is a good conversation starter and it's a conversation that you know needs to be had definitely yeah uh thank you so much yeah thank you it's my pleasure That was our reporter, Caden Peasley, on the Not Enough Fest with musician Sodium Light, a.k.a. Holly Pickering, and festival organizer Nicola Inman, speaking on social justice and inclusivity within the music scene in Edmonton. Now, what did you think? Yeah, so I just listened through the interview, uh, and Nicola touched on a couple things that I thought were really interesting. Um, One of the things that she touched on, and I mentioned this to you before, but uh, one of the things that she touched on that I keep thinking about as we start reporting these stories is sort of the overlap between women's spaces and queer spaces or trans-friendly spaces and how we understand safer spaces and how those things tend to overlap all the time. And I feel like we're going to keep bumping into that like over and over and over again as we keep talking to people in these communities. Yeah, and I think I think that goes, I think, I guess that's the whole name of the festival not enough fest Mm -hmm. um goes hand in hand with you know there's not enough representation of these different groups especially i think that's why um women's spaces and queer spaces and spaces for racialized people they find overlaps at times and um yeah because there isn't enough representation out there especially in music i think music is a very 
is a very, uh, you know, heteronormative, uh, patriarchal industry. Yeah, I definitely agree. I thought it was interesting how she also talked about uh, the physical accessibility of spaces and also the use of alcohol. Because I know, um, especially when it comes to queer spaces, it so often is in environments that are like saturated in party culture and alcohol. Uh, so to make the decision to specifically not have alcohol involved, I thought was really like interesting and clever because there's a lot of like a lot of queer community happens at night and it happens in the dark and it happens in these spaces where your inhibitions are lim- or not limited. Your inhibitions are <laughs> alleviated. There we go a little bit because you're drinking and it's interesting that like it's not that's not what it's about anymore but it has this tinge of like a history of shame and a history of secrecy totally the fact that they like actively made that choice to not have drinking and to make a space that's physically accessible and also financially accessible i thought was really really interesting yeah absolutely i also think it's important to have a space like that especially because i know like growing up as a young queer person there weren't a lot of options to you know get involved in the community or meet people um that are like you or like-minded and i think that that gives a space for younger people to kind of get a sense of a community that isn't exclusive of them or enriched in party culture. Yeah, I I definitely like that caught my attention right away. Accessibility and oppression can be limited or can be extended rather to people like people who don't drink or people who don't feel comfortable in those kinds of spaces or people who are young or people who like physically can't get into a building or like there's all of these different barriers or someone who can't afford to go to a concert and then you can't you can't get into those spaces for other reasons. Um, and I just thought it was cool how expansive their like thought process around that was. And I also thought it was really cool that they were talking about tokenism, where it's like if you are support specifically supporting trans artists or queer artists or female artists, um, is that tokenizing them? Is that going to be this process of like, oh, we hired we we booked a woman, we booked a trans person? Like Nicola kind of touches on how like if you do that with intention then you're introducing all kinds of people into spaces so like if someone knows that a trans person is booked in a show then more queer people might feel more compelled to go see that show and then be invited into a different kind of space regardless of if it's at not enough fest or if it's at any kind of show at any kind of bar and then you have all of these different kind of communities like together because they all want to listen to music rather than like because they're going to a trans show or because they're going to a music show or a specific genre or whatever like the more people you can get in one space that's always a good thing and I also think that it is important sometimes to pick and choose Mm -hmm. in that sense I mean I've never organized a festival myself (laughs) but I feel like um to go out of your way to uh you know choose a trans artist choose um an, an artist from an indigenous community I think that that is important because it's also giving people a chance to you know, it's giving the audience a chance to see themselves out there. And then it's giving, it, it's like introducing people to a space that there isn't a lot of them out there. And um, I think that's important to get a foot in the door, kind of to encourage more of it. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see what live music and live shows in general look like in the in the preceding months and years. But I do hope to see some, some more things like this particular um, festival because I didn't know about it at the time and it's actually super, super engaging and super interesting. Yeah, I, I hope that they can bring it back. I don't know what live shows are gonna look like from here on out. I miss them, that's for sure. Yeah, no kidding.
And that's all for today's episode of Gaywire. Credit for this week's episode goes to our hosts, Alex Cheru and Bethany Godreau, our episode producer, Jovi, and our guests, Nicola Inman and Holly Pickering. Gatewire is a production of CJSR 88.5 FM in Edmonton, Alberta. Make sure to follow us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. You can follow us online at gaywire.transistor.fm. You can find us on Facebook and Twitter at Gaywire and on Instagram at GaywireCJSR. Let us know what you think of this week's episode by dropping us a DM or sending us an email at gaywire at cjsr.com. Our episode artwork is done by Travis Erickson, and our original music is by Doug Hoyer and Catherine Hiltz. Until next time, thanks for tuning in.